Yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rugby Muscle Applied series, where we are talking about everything that you can do for your rugby training, nutrition, uh, etc. And we are going to take deep dives and give you guys the best takeaways to exactly what you should be doing as a rugby player. And this is rounding off the programming editions. So programming 104, we are talking about rugby-specific considerations. So Previously, we've already spoken about how you would lay out your training program for the entire year, what you would choose as priorities, how you'd be able to then extrapolate that into a training week, how you'd be able to progress week to week, depend on what you're trying to train um, and improve. And today, we're going to talk about how that would change specifically for you as a rugby player versus you know the general fitness person that might be watching this or that might be giving you advice as to how you should be training for you know your your overall fitness in, in as well because it's very very rare that we get you know you're watching rugby muscle because you're looking for rugby specific fitness advice it's, this isn't a commonality it's mo- most of the time when we're looking at fitness advice it's general uh, general population general well-being getting in shape and looking good um that doesn't take into consideration what you should be doing exactly as a rugby player and how that, you know, you can follow plans like that and get generally better. Um, but what we're going to discuss today is how you can just make adjustments and do things that you, things that you should be considering as a rugby player as part of your training program. And so um, we're going to talk about basically how you would train in the in-season versus the off-season. It's, it's vastly... Um, one of the most major topics people will talk about, but we all have different in-seasons, we all have different off-seasons, we all have different priorities and access and whatnot, so it looks different for different people. We're going to analyze different situations and how you would go about training for those. We'll also look at your rugby training, we'll look at fun um, and how that pertains to you know what you should be doing as part of your training, and then we'll look at other training things that you should be doing outside of just your, you know, your quote-unquote strength and conditioning work. Now, um, we're going to keep it quite brief, but we're, I'm going to try to be as like um, impactful and, and like you know, use this stuff that you can really apply and put into your training as I can. But it does get difficult because we all, we, you know, people watching this are we're going to have amateurs watching this. We're going to have uh, like high level players that are dedicated. We're going to have people that only play rugby once a week for a few months and then they don't play any you know and they don't train or do anything they're just doing it because it's fun you've got to have people that are brand new that are already in great shape so many different varieties of people that it's very difficult to give concrete recommendations but we're going to give you a range of ideas that you need to factor in to your training um so before i get even get into anything like that i want to talk about like rugby playing and and why that does have a big bearing on the training that you should be doing, even if you're not someone who, you know, is trying to be the best player ever or, you know, has even aspirations of playing at a high level, just wants to get enjoyment out of the game, just wants to play for fun. And that's all you really care about. I still think, like, um, improving as an athlete, like, should be your goal as a rugby player because improving as an athlete will still improve all the, you know, 99% of the health markers that you want to improve most health things come or most disease risks are are extremely eliminated or not eliminated but um what's the word uh minimalized I guess or minimized you know you have a lot less risk of any sort of chronic disease or any sort of life-threatening illness or ailments from being in good shape right so um not having a, a higher body weight or body fat percentage or body you know 
uh, BMI. That is important. Staying in general good and the heavier you are, the, the better aerobic shape you are in is going to prepare you. Even just in general, the better aerobic shape you're going to be in is going to better prepare you for life. Um, eating healthy, you know, training with weights, being strong, all these things are going to help you um, be a generally healthier person, healthier person anyway. So if you then you know, frame it from a rugby perspective, I think it gives you a bit more of a focus and outlet because, you, you know, I, I train or, you know, any rugby player will train because they want to improve on their rugby, you know, week to week to week or when they want to play better when they get back onto the rugby field. And they also still want to be a healthy person when it comes to, you know, when they get to their 60s, 70s, 80s and whatnot. But it's very difficult. It's, it's a lot easier to put yourself in that um, body that you envision yourself in within a few weeks when you're going to be playing another rugby game versus putting yourself thinking about what you're going to be like when you're 60, 70, 80. It's just not something that people can really, you know, talk about, um, you know, long range goals, like to train just to be healthy when you're older. Like it just doesn't make any, it's just a very, very difficult thing to wrap your head around. And so we don't really do that, but that doesn't mean that you only have to train like as a rugby player, like you can do, you know, if you if you've ever had a strength and conditioning coach that's recommended to you that bicep curls are useless, like you know, I mean they 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 could kind of useless, but they're also good because you want to get big guns. Like who cares? Um, and I think that does apply. You know, it doesn't really take away from anything. It's not overly fatiguing. It's just something that you want to do. It's something that you know you ha- you can have other training goals within your realm of being a rugby player and an athlete that's trying to improve as a rugby player. Um, but this, you know, just identifying that your training is mostly rugby specific is just give frames all of the training decisions that you need to make. Do you need to have other goals like being able to do the splits and stuff? Probably not. It's probably not, or, or squatting a certain weight, you know, not for the sake of squatting that weight, but for the sake of what that weight is going to, or what that strength that you would need to get to that weight is going to improve you as a rugby player. So set yourself lots of little mini goals, but the idea that, you know, um, you have to, you're staying motivated to be healthy and, you know, whatever, you know, better person from doing all this training, you sort of hack away at it and it makes it a lot easier. If you just view yourself as a rugby player who is trying to improve and, you know, a lot of people that go to train just for rugby and they do do rugby because it's one of the more fun things that they can do to keep in shape. And we'll touch on that towards the end. But um, that is something that I think people need to consider when they're talking about, you know, well, you know, I don't really think that it's important. I'm not trying to achieve whatever level. I'm just trying to get, you know, I'm just trying to stay in shape. Well, if you view that, it that motivation becomes a lot more difficult. Whereas if you could see yourself having more fun on the rugby field week to week, just I think it gives you a good boost of motivation. So first and foremost, you've already got a nice little sort of shoe in to give yourself some motivation to get into the gym. Then when we're looking at like off-season training, how you should be training, you, obviously you don't have um, like the week-to-week seeing yourself improve on the rugby field as you would do in-season. But you can set yourself almost like a whole mini improvement project, right? So, you know, maybe you want to improve strength and then power and then speed. And that could be what these three different blue um, lines represent. So we've, we're able to bring them all up over time or whatever different areas you you want to improve. Go back to the previous videos on rugby programming in the Rugby Muscle Applied series to find out more about that. Um, 
you know, and that focus should be clear. It should be for a clear end goal so that you're not, you know, you're not having to um, choose halfway through or flip-flop from whatever, pro- from one program to another. You're, you're focused on your whole improvement project throughout and it's all going to be cumulative so that once you've reached the end, once you've got to your preseason, you've made a vast improvement. And, you know, you can even have a focus for each block, each mesocycle, and even if you've watched the previous week's uh, videos, you know that you should have a focus for each week. And then you're just going to manage your weeks as we previously laid out in the last video. Um, and you can even look at, like, if you, know, you don't even have to stay that consistent with the exact same program um, for that entire, say you've got a six-month off-season. It doesn't have to be the same thing over and over and over for six months. You could do, you know, a block, as I've sort of alluded to here, you know, a block of one or two months of general strength and hypertrophy work. Then you could do one or two months of more specific strength and maybe some a little bit of power or speed work. And then you could bring up speed and core or you could, so many different ways that you can do it. That would be, like, I've, I've obviously identified there like the most traditional way, but there are many different ways that you can do it. Um, so you can always sort of chop and change, like not ad nauseum and not on a whim, but you chop and change because you've got this overall improvement project, right? It's like when you're building a house, you're first going to, um, like put up the walls before you're, and, and then, and then plaster them or whatever, before you're going to paint them. You can't just paint them, um, because you feel like you've, you've put up one wall better to pull up all of the walls, plaster all the walls, then you can put on the wallpaper or paint. Um, and so every single time you go through this you know you're allowed you're allowed to and whilst you're doing this whilst you're you know um you know doing this sort of home project or or self-improvement project you can cause a lot more stress than what you would do in season if you're improving it's like if you're doing going back to the house sort of example if you're going to um you know do a home improvement project but you're not living there that would be like your off-season training. You can make a bit of a mess. You can keep doing a bit of a mess, but you know at the end it's going to be a significantly better house. Whereas if you're trying to improve in-season, it would be more like um, it'd be more like you're still trying to live in that house. Not just because you're trying, you know, not just because you don't want all that fatigue to um, get in the way of your games, but you also don't. You also have to factor in that you're going to suffer a lot of fatigue just from generally being um, in season, right? From playing those games, from doing your rugby training. It's like, um, you know, you're, you're going to cause mess in your house just by you living there, right? So you'd have to just routinely go in and clean up and you wouldn't want that too much fatigue, wouldn't want too much mess in your training. Um, but that doesn't mean that you, you know, you have to um, like give up and say, oh, I'm already living here, I can't do anything. What do most people do when, if they're trying to improve their home whilst they're still living it? They improve one part at a time very specifically. They have a lot more focus. You know, maybe they're deciding that they're going to improve this bedroom or, or their kitchen or, or a bathroom or whatever. That you improve one part at a time and go through. Maybe you make smaller adjustments. But over time, you still want to keep improving your home. It's never done, right? Um, and so that's how you would apply your your focus in season because you've got less resources those resources need to be a bit more hyper focused you know you're only looking to improve a few things because you want to avoid that fatigue that would happen or that comes from that would impact your game and comes from games themselves so even if you're someone that doesn't you know, you're not too fussed that you want to peak for a game necessarily. You don't need to power up yourself on a Friday or carbar load on a sat on a Friday. Maybe even go boozing on a Friday night before your game. 
it still that that game still has an impact on your training. Even if you don't care about the training's impact on the game, that game will still cause a certain amount of fatigue that will hold you back within your training. So you still got to dial it back somewhat, particularly if you want to you know stay injury free, stay fresh, and really make progress. You've still got to bring your overall total training volume down. You know, um, and you know the way I would apply this is. You know, the more the the less you care about the games, the more room you've got to add a little bit more volume and a little bit more stimulus and a little bit overall more tonnage. But you know, as someone that takes more priority in games, you know, you you might even want to try to, you know, depend on your season. If you've got a very short season, it doesn't really matter too much. You can you almost have maintenance phases because you know, in the US, it's not too uncommon to have like a couple two month seasons, mini seasons throughout the year. You know, you could just hold a maintenance phase for those two months and really sort of escalate your volume outside of those periods. Or if you're in the English season where it's like fucking nine to ten months sometimes, like including preseason, you still have, you, you know, you can't just say I'm going to hold a maintenance phase for the majority of the time and then just only improve, you know, 20% of the time. You're going to hold yourself back. So you always want to tr- sort of improve. So even then, you might want to look at your calendar of games, look at which games might be more important, which games might be cause more fatigue and try and plan around that. Or if that's not possible, because that's what all like high level teams will still do. It's, you know, you're peaking more for the end of the season. You don't necessarily have to peak for, you know, the preseason games or for, um, you know, if you have a run of cup games or something, that doesn't that's not meaning to say that you're gonna throw the games or you're gonna perform poorly, but you're just saying that you're not overall aiming to peak at, the, at those times. So, you know, you would give yourself those targets and you would give yourself things to improve upon during the season based on how you want to you know, the rate that you'd want to improve, but in the weight you're willing to fatigue yourself and sort of not necessarily hold yourself back in games, but compromise potentially your performance just a just a little bit right hi guys i just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete then you can go ahead and visit rugby-muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies that is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions the physique nutrition crash course video series the supplement guide and newly added is a macro calculator yes that's right a macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein carbs fat and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from this will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete all that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown um, so really understand that it's not just the fact that you're trying to peak for games. It's the fact that these games cause you fatigue as well. So you can use that to your advantage also because, you know, I've, I've dealt with players during the lockdowns where, you know, that we've come out of lockdown or we're playing friendlies. But those friendlies aren't the, the games that we're sort of trying to peak for. Those friendlies were almost treating as extra training sessions, just high fatigue in training sessions, because, you know, you want to play them. You want to improve the, the game. But no one, you know, it's not a, a make or break if you perform really well or you don't. And th- that's to be expected, right? So take into, fa- take into all those factors in, or take in all of those factors. And the more data you've got, the more you can realize how much volume you can tolerate and how much volume makes your f- performance drop and sort of adjust as you go. Um, and then when you've, the other thing with in-season training, um, 
And I would also put this, you know, preseason would would more be closer aligned to in season, right? Because you've got this rugby training. It's probably the biggest factor. And you know, the negatives of the rugby training is that it can be very fatiguing. Um, it's almost non-negotiable, right? So even if that time's really awkward, you still got to try and get there. Um, and sometimes it can be unpredictable. You could have bad weather, so you go inside and you just do heavy fitness session, or you could do no session. It's very difficult to plan for it, right? Um, and it can cause so much fatigue that then you know, say you say you have a um, a really tough session on a Tuesday. Well, you know that might take away from your Wednesday training session if you haven't organized yourself in a high low manner and organized a low session for a Wednesday. That might impact your training session. Likewise. Because it can be unpredictable, you could have a video session on that day, and then you're having a you're having to take a rest day or a low day on the Wednesday, even though you've not really done too much on that Tuesday. So it can that is a big negative of the rugby trainers that you know most coaches, most teams, you know they're not synergistic in the way that they're organising their strength and conditioning and their um, and a rugby trainer, especially at the absolutely at the amateur level even the higher level teams still struggle with this is to synergize their training because head coaches still want to punish you via fitness or they still want to work out if you lose and they can be very erratic whereas even then when they've got snc coaches saying no look we want to slowly um up this load so that they you know they don't get injured and so they can accommodate for it head coaches don't want to hear that they you know they're still pretty old school with those methods um the good thing about rugby training uh, twice a week or once a week is that you still get skills and tactical preparation that is very, very difficult to replicate. Um, more importantly, I think the most important thing about rugby training, though, is that you were your mates and it's, it becomes an enjoyable part of your session or enjoyable part of your week. Um, it's really fun. You choose to go to training, even when it's fucking miserable weather outside. It's still a bit of banter with the lads and it's something that you enjoy. It's, it's a, a fun part of your training. Um, you're also going to get some good conditioning um, that, you know, when you're chasing the ball around seems so much easier than when you're just looking at a watch, definitely a lot more fun, a lot more easier to get in that condition. Um, and it's also, and this is something that I use with a lot of my individual, uh, rugby muscle elite athletes I coach is that you've got this time where you've got a field available to, um, get some extra field working, whether that's doing tempos after your session or a, just a light aerobic session after your session, or doing sprints or high power work before your training session is a great time to get in that high, um, you know, so getting, just to get in some extra field work so you don't have to drive again and back and forth and, and it'd be a bit of a chore. You're almost accomplishing two birds of one stone or killing two birds of one stone. Why are we killing these birds, eh? No, I don't know. Anyway, when we talk about getting having fun versus results, fun in your, in your fitness training and in your strength and conditioning is what most people do when they end up doing fucking Zumba or whatever fitness fad that there is. They're trying to have fun versus trying to get better. Whereas when you're a rugby athlete, you're trying to improve as an athlete. That in itself helps you stay consistent because you can see yourself progress week to week to week. When you see yourself progress week to week to week to week in different areas, that is the most motivating thing that you could do because you know what you're doing is paying off. Whereas if you've got, you know, person doing the Zumba workout, they're not really seeing the scale drop that, you know, it's becomes a bit demotivating. It's not fun. They go do something else. Maybe they do a spinning class fucking instead. And they, this is why people struggle so much is because they don't have anything that keeps them accountable and can see their progress. Whereas if you're, you're taking your, you're doing your monitoring, you're understanding where you're improving that is going to give you more motivation than anything else. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you don't have fun, right? You have a lot of fun. The most fun you're going to have 
you know, almost ever, right, is on game day. And the better you play, the more fun you have. So the more work you put into your training, the more you're allowed to have fun. If you're, if you're dicking around having fun in the gym, like, you know, when you're supposed to be training hard, that's not saying not. You can have still fun with the boys in your rest periods and, you know, just in general. But when you're actually putting in the work, you're putting in the work. And that allows you to have more fun on game day. You get to do more. You get to be more, you know, have more carries, do more tackles. You get to be better. You get more turnovers. You, you have more impact on the game. And you enjoy the game more. And you stay injury-free, which allows you to enjoy the game even more. And so, for me, it doesn't even, like, factor in that, yes, training is, you know, should be kind of fun, right? But that's not the priority. The priority is to make the real fun thing, games, the most fun that you can have. Um, and it is, you know, seeing yourself progress is most is the motivating that gives you that extra boost and so then from there like there's that's it you know um really as simple as that to be honest when it comes to doing your strength and condition being serious but being able to progress and still having fun the whole time and staying motivated now on top of this like when we're talking about strength and conditioning training there is still a lot more individual training that you can do on top of the, you know, your traditional strength and conditioning work. Strength and conditioning is only ever going to take you so far. Um, there is still stuff that you can do to improve as a player. And I get asked this a lot. And I probably lose it out on a bit of business. Because I'd say, you know, strength and conditioning, it has its limits. When you're talking about, you know, rugby, it's a skill game as well. It's an invasion game that requires a lot of skill, a lot of tactics. And the better you are at those things, the better you're going to be as a player as well. Not just being fitter, faster, stronger. Otherwise, the CrossFit athletes or whoever you would consider heptathletes would be the best rugby players, but they're not because it's a different sport. So get better at the skills. Do things like passing. If you have no friends to pass with or you know you can invest in a bro ball, 10 minutes a day of just skills, it's amazing. Um, it's something I'm starting to introduce is this extra skill work on Team Rugby Muscle, which you'll find at rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. We are doing a lot more skill work, um, optional skill work that I'm putting up to allow guys to get better because, you know, I am doing rugby-specific training. This stuff should be included. So passing with a bro ball, it's like a three-quarter or a half ball. You can pass it against the wall or you can just do individual passing. It, like that stuff helps so much. You know, whatever your position specific work is, line out, jumping, hooker throwing, kicking, all that extra stuff, that absolutely can also be done. Or, you know, just working on your contact skills with a partner, whether that is, you know, it's not just a case of hitting the ruck, especially like with where rugby is going. It's not just a case of running into a ruck and hitting as hard as you can. It's about being skilled in the contact situation. So grappling as well. Another thing that we're introducing with the team rugby muscle is different ways to grapple and, and um get better at rucks the skill of rucking the skill of tackling the skill of you know contact work within rugby then when we're looking at tactical work i think the, big, the biggest thing i can tell people is be a fan of rugby like enjoy the game watch it it blows my mind how many people like want to get better as an athlete but they don't watch or or they're not a fan of rugby and it it, it means like you know you, you just wouldn't trust that person to be the best player because they don't watch what they don't know what the highest level is like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you wouldn't do this with any other sport where, um, you know, say, especially if it's someone new, like, you have to watch the high level to see what 
you know, the tactics are being done and to understand the game. Then you can also watch that higher level, not just as a fan, but you can also then relate it back to you and see how you do, you know, how you would do things and slowly but surely implement them into games. And it sounds like a bit woo woo, but this stuff can have a major impact on your performance as a rugby player. Like, and your enjoyment, right? Because then you're a fan of rugby. It becomes part of you know, your identity and you enjoy watching rugby and you even enjoy playing it even more and doing all the things that you're doing to improve. It's like a, it's a, like a big, um, and it's a big sort of uh, cycle of motivation, enjoyment, progression, fun. Um, and then I've also included, let me see if this works. Uh, it doesn't work. I thought... I would be able to clip on this where this is a, a Rugby Muscle Elite client of mine, Ian, who has started his own YouTube channel where he just does, you know, this is a, a bro ball session that he does 10 minutes every day and he's improved so much already over like two or three weeks. Um, this is just for ideas. I'll put it in the show notes below. Click on it and check out his channel where he's just doing some of his training. Um, but just for an idea, you know, 10 minutes a day can have a drastic improvement on your skills. And that's obviously going to have a drastic improvement on you as a rugby player. Don't just look at this. You know, if you look at strength and condition being your only answer as a rugby player, you're going to hold yourself back. And if you look at just being fit and that's it, you're going to hold yourself back, right? It's everything. If you look at everything, if all you have is strength and conditioning, like you're going to hold yourself back. If you know, so it's like all, if all you have as a, if all you have is a hammer, uh, everything becomes a nail, but you can, there's a lot more ways to be able to solve this issue of being a better rugby player. It's not that you have to stop doing your strength and conditioning. Just let's become a little bit smarter about it. All right, guys, that will end this Rugby Muscle Applied programming series. Thank you guys so much for watching. As usual, made it to the end. Man, thumbs up. Comments, let me know what else you would like to see on the Rugby Muscle Applied series, how you would like to see yourself uh, for fitness, nutrition, um, training, all things rugby muscle, let me know in the comments below. Thank you guys so much for watching this whole series, and I'll see you in the next one. All right, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Rugby Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class shank condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.